Welcome, Weirdos! This is a special Weekend Archive episode of Weird Darkness. Here you'll find stories of the paranormal, supernatural, mysterious, macabre, unsolved, and unexplained. If you have a dark tale to tell, you can share it with me at WeirdDarkness.com and I might use it in a future episode. And be sure to subscribe if you've not done so already so you don't miss future uploads. And if you're already a fan of the show, please help spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by leaving a rating and review of the podcast in the app that you listen from. And also share a link to this episode with a couple of your friends and on your social media. And thanks in advance for doing so. Now, bolt your doors, lock your windows, turn off your lights, and come with me into the weekend archives of Weird Darkness. I was told this story when I was young by my aunts, mother, and grandmother. My grandmother had 24 kids, and the women in my family have always been sensitive to otherworldly things. My grandmother was in her youth and making Christmas dinner for everyone when she said that she felt as though she was being watched in her kitchen. My grandmother was a God-fearing woman, so she said a prayer and went back to what she was doing. That is, until she heard a scream coming from upstairs where she kept her canned foods. Thinking someone was hurt, she ran and got my uncle J.R. and went upstairs to investigate. As they went up the stairs, my uncle felt like he was being pushed back down the stairs. Then they heard more crashing and breaking of glass. They made it to the room to find almost all of the canned food on the floor broken. My uncle left my grandma in the room to go get a broom to clean up. The door suddenly slammed shut, locking my grandma in the room. She screamed and tried to open the door. My uncle went to get help while my grandma was praying. She told me at this point things were flying around her head, glass breaking and crying and screaming noises were coming from the walls. She screamed, invoking the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, "'Show yourself to me!' It got quieter, and when she looked up, she said that she saw the demon. She said it looked like a man with hooves, hair dark as the night, claws for hands, and the face of a dog. He was just staring at her. She said it felt like forever just staring at each other until my uncles were finally able to break the door down. Then she said the thing just vanished as the door flew open. She never felt alone or safe in that house ever again. This next submission was recently submitted to the MyHauntedLife2.com website. It's actually quite exciting in terms of the black-eyed people phenomenon. Firstly, it is set in the 1950s, long before the supposed beginning of BEK encounters in the U.S. And secondly, it happened in the U.K., where BEK sightings are rare. 
my late father-in-law told me about this incident with a black-eyed person. He was living in Nottingham, United Kingdom at the time. One night, when everyone in the house was asleep, my father heard a knock on the door and went to see who was there. He looked through the window and what he saw there sent shivers up his spine. There was a dark figure standing in front of the door and he saw that it had no face. Looking at it was like looking into a pitch black hole. My father could not move and stood very still, not knowing what to do. The figure knocked several times and my father eventually answered the door. He opened it slowly and to his surprise saw a man with a pale white face standing there. The man said nothing. He didn't even make a movement. It was my father who noticed his eyes. As soon as he had seen the eyes, the figure disappeared. My father looked out the window after recovering from shock and saw it standing underneath the streetlight. It stood there for a few minutes and then vanished into thin air. This incident would have taken place in the 1950s. My father worked in England for 10 years and never had another occurrence like it. Has anyone else heard of this disappearing figure with black eyes? Ever since I met my husband, I would spend a lot of time at his parents' house and even spent the night there before we were married. That's when I realized that his house, only a few years old, was haunted. There have been many incidents that have taken place there. For example, I would wake up many nights to whispers in my ear and even felt someone pulling at my hair as I lay in bed one night. Sometimes I would feel the bed jerk or even feel a breeze roll over the bed when the air would be off and no fans were on or even a breeze outside. A couple of years ago, we had to move in to their place to take care of my husband's dad because his wife had left him and he was disabled. We had a daughter. She was four at the time. Sitting on our couch, which faces the doorway of the kitchen, you can see our big trash can. Instantly, this pale yellow blur went by, and it could not be missed up against the trash can. The spirit was going somewhere. On the other side of our kitchen is another doorway that leads to the dining room down the hall. After I saw the yellow thing, seconds later I heard my daughter's radio start to blare loudly. She came screaming out of her bedroom saying, Mommy, something yellow just turned my radio up. I knew right then what had just happened. We purchased a camera and hooked it up to our TV to allow us to shoot film and watch it at the same time on the television. We put in a blank tape and the guys started to work with the recorder and from out of nowhere this voice from our TV shouts, Stop it! Get out! Leave me alone! It was a deep, slow, discordant voice, but we could clearly tell what was being said. We still have the tape, but it doesn't carry the voice on it. We took it to our bedroom and put it in to see if it would do the same thing, and it did not. I still wonder what that thing was. 
ever since my son was young, he has been seeing and talking to something that we could not see. My son is now eight years old and it really seems to be getting worse. We will find him in his room talking to someone and we will ask him who he's talking to and he'll start to tell us, but then he will just stop talking. We moved into a new house about 10 months ago and things in our house started happening with our son's toys. Toys I know I turned off will go off by themselves and it will really freak out my son. Sometimes he'll tell us they're just trying to scare me and when we ask him who, he doesn't want to talk about it. He just clams up. Last night, he woke us up at 1 a.m. saying there was something in our kitchen. I took him in so he could see there was nothing there, but he was holding strong on that there was something in there. He said, it's hiding from you. I asked him if he knew its name, and he said, it does not have a name. It's been very bad. He was so scared that I could not get him back to sleep. He just kept talking about the thing in the kitchen. Eventually, a few hours later, I told him we need to tell whatever it is to leave. So we got up and opened the front door and I said, you need to leave our house. We don't want you here. My son got really upset with me doing this and I'm not sure why. I put him in bed with my husband and we laid there for a couple of minutes and then something slammed on our kitchen door. I jumped up to see what was in our kitchen because it sounded like something jumped hard on the hardwood floor. It shook the house. Later that day, my son told me, it's mad. I am at a loss for what to do. We do have someone coming into our home to bless it next week, but I'm not sure what to do until then. Has anybody experienced anything like this before? And if so, how do you get it to leave your child alone? I was 15 years old when this incident took place, a couple of years before my grandfather had passed away. He lived with us for as long as I can remember and took care of our family while my mom worked full-time. He had a very strong presence. He was psychic and had always believed in ghosts. When he passed over to the other side, my mom moved us to live with Grandma and her uncle until she could finally find steady work. That's when we noticed some strange occurrences taking place. It was just small things to begin with, like ornaments that were slightly rearranged when we weren't looking, lights going on and off by themselves, and a lot of unexplained noises. We believed my grandpa had followed us to our new home. Later, Mom found us an apartment to live in. The same thing started happening, only more often this time. Lights would spend all day going on and off, noises at night, howls, creaks, and I even felt someone lie down beside me in bed one night, but there was no one there. I ran out of the room screaming. Then came the vase. We found it on the top shelf of the linen closet shortly after we moved into the apartment. It was small and delicate and had hand-painted roses on it, Grandpa's favorite flower, 
In his younger days, he had been an award-winning gardener. His prize was for his roses. The inside of that vase smelled strongly of roses. After placing it in the living room, we discovered that very slowly, over the course of several hours, this vase would fill with water and the whole house would smell of roses. It felt very eerie at first, but over time it just seemed to be normal. It became a comfortable routine, each of us taking turns emptying it when it would overflow. This went on for months. One afternoon, as I sat alone on the sofa, I asked audibly if the vase was a gift from Grandpa James. I asked for him to give me a sign if it was. I heard a noise and saw the vase had tipped over, spilling water all over the table. It scared the daylights out of me, but I took it as the sign I had asked for. And after that, the phenomenon seemed to just stop. He had made himself known. This episode of Weird Darkness is brought to you by the audiobook Inside the Mirrors by Jason R. Davis, narrated by Darren Marlar. Set in the town of Standard, that small, midwestern town where nothing ever happens. Quiet, peaceful, and tucked away among the cornfields and away from the dangers of the outside world. Unfortunately, there is nothing normal about Standard. There has been an evil that has been awakened, and now the residents are slowly going crazy. Men for no reason are coming home and murdering their families, and dark forms are appearing in people's mirrors. The evil is spreading, and now it is up to ex-Chicago cop Rob Aletto to find it. Time is running out, and the neighbors are becoming quiet shadows as they watch him. He doesn't have long before it will start to get into his mind and then he himself will be making that deadly trip home. Inside the Mirrors by Jason R. Davis Hear a free sample from the book or add it to your own collection by visiting the audiobooks page at WeirdDarkness.com. had moved into our house a few months ago. We got a good deal on a large house and decided to go for it. We spent the first two months without any kind of incident. The first incident, however, took place in my bedroom with my son, and we both saw something like a white ball floating in the middle of the room. This has happened several times now. Then, a couple of months ago, things started to change for the worse. My daughter falls asleep with the television on, but I always set the timer so it will turn itself off. I would get up around 1 a.m. and her TV would still be on. It was around this same time in October that a neighbor of mine had some unusual things happening to her. We have bolt locks on the front and back door, and she has had both of them unlock in the middle of the night. She thought someone was trying to break in 
There was never any evidence, though, that someone broke in. My other neighbor heard footsteps, but she said she went downstairs to check it out and no one was there. My neighbor's children have a little girl who started telling them repeatedly that there's a bad man in my room. And now my little girl has started saying that too. When I was a kid, we lived in a large house in Arkansas. The house was reportedly one of the oldest in our small town. I would spend a lot of time by myself at home, and in the mirror, I would often see the spirit of a little boy. He was younger than me, and I saw him almost on a weekly basis. He was as clear as day to me. I would try to talk to him, but he would ignore me. He looked wet and cold. After a year or so, he stopped appearing in the mirror and I got on with my life. I started to think he was just an imaginary friend. I'd never spoken to him, so it was highly likely that he was just a figment of my imagination. However, later I was talking to one of the men who helped with our garden, and he told me about a little boy who had drowned on a boat. Apparently, he had fallen in and had been decapitated by the propeller. I think it's the same boy I saw in the mirror. Last year, I went with my parents to King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, I'd never been there before, and I was excited to go. The area is known for having a bloody history with a lot of battles from the War of Independence. For something to do, we all decided to do a ghost tour. The tour guide began his storytelling. We walked on a little bit, and then we came upon an eerie-looking graveyard that was next to a church. We were walking past the fence, and it was then that I noticed a blue circle hovering in front of one of the church windows. I stopped to take a look, thinking that it was a light coming from inside of the church. I was confused because I instantly began to wonder why in the world a completely dark church would have a blue light in one of its windows. Now, at first, I didn't think it had anything to do with the paranormal. Not at all. I was just trying to figure out why the blue light was there. The tour guide explained that the graveyard was extremely haunted. Apparently, a while back, a paranormal investigation team came into the graveyard, and they caught blue orbs, or bugs as they called them, all over the tapes. When he said this, I got chills up my spine. It was then that I realized I had seen a dark blue orb hovering near the church window. This incident took place several years ago at our old house in Florida. It was a very stormy night and I was scared. I went to my parents' bedroom and I asked if I could get in with them at around midnight. 
my dad moved over and I got in. I started to sleep a little better, but about three hours later I awoke suddenly as I tend to be a sporadic kind of sleeper. When I awoke, the scariest thing was in front of me. An outline of what I can only say looked like the Grim Reaper was about six or seven feet away from me. It stood there, glaring for about a minute. It didn't talk. It just stared at me, and I hid under my parents' covers. I wonder now if that image of death was a foreshadowing of events, because since my freshman year of high school, eight kids have died or have gotten into horrible accidents. That's eight kids in less than four years. I've never told anybody about this, but I've always been a believer in ghosts and the paranormal. I still can't figure it out, though. Why did I see the Reaper? Philistines, one of a people of Aegean origin who settled on the southern coast of Palestine in the 12th century BC, about the time of the arrival of the Israelites. Where the Philistines came from is not entirely clear. According to biblical tradition, the Philistines came from Cathor. This could possibly have been the island of Crete, but no archaeological evidence of a Philistine occupation of the island has been discovered in the area. The first mention of the Philistines has been tracked to ancient Egypt. On ancient Egyptian inscriptions in the Temple of Ramses III at Madinatabu, these enigmatic people appear under the name Perst as one of the sea peoples that invaded Egypt about 1190 BC after ravaging Anatolia, Cyprus, and Syria. After being repulsed by the Egyptians, they settled possibly with Egypt's permission on the coastal plain of Palestine from Joppa, modern Tel Aviv, Yafo, southward to Gaza. In 2015, archaeologists discovered structures and an entrance gate to the Philistine city of Gath, once home to the giant biblical Goliath. The gate of Gath is referred to in the Bible in 1 Samuel 21 in the story of David's escape from King Saul to Achish, the king of Gath. The ancient city of Gath, located in the Tel Zabit National Park in the Judean foothills, was once a large city in the Philistines in the 10th century BC. It was later destroyed in 830 BC by Hazael, the king Aram Damascus. In July 2016, archaeologists reported an archaeological sensation. They had discovered a large cemetery of the biblical people of the Philistines in the Israeli port of Ashkelon for the first time. Never before had an extensive burial ground of this type belonging to this legendary people been unearthed. The cemetery contained 145 corpses that gave researchers an opportunity to understand funeral customs of the Philistines. By collecting bones and extracting DNA, researchers could learn how the biblical people of Goliath lived and traced their ancient history. Based on the discovery of ancient red and black pottery, archaeologists suggested that the Philistines may have come from the Mycenaean civilization of the Aegean, one of the greatest civilizations of Greek prehistory, famous for its majestic architecture and imposing monuments. 
According to archaeologist Daniel Master, in charge of the site excavated since 1985 under the Leon Levy Expedition, affiliated with Harvard University's Semitic Museum, the Philistines were strangers in the Semitic region, where their presence between 1200 and 600 BC is evident on a thin coastal strip running from present-day Gaza to Tel Aviv. The origins of the Philistine people have long been shrouded in mystery. Before the discovery of the large cemetery, there were few archaeological discoveries that helped historians to piece together the history of this mysterious ancient civilization. The Philistines are known mostly from the Old Testament account given by their neighbors and bitter enemies, the ancient Israelites. In the Book of Samuel, there are accounts of the capture by Philistine fighters of the Ark of the Covenant and the duel between their giant warrior Goliath felled by a stone from David's sling. From these biblical descriptions of savage marauders comes the modern usage of Philistine to mean a person without culture or manners. Scientists who examined the ancient skeletons of the Philistine people buried at the Ashkelon Cemetery say they have found no evidence they were giants. However, their bones indicated they were hard workers. They practiced inbreeding and they used their teeth as tools, probably in the weaving industry. Many individuals showed signs of growth disorders, malnutrition, tooth damage, and other physical ailments. Scientists have now presented the first results of their studies at a conference of the American Schools of Oriental Research in San Antonio, Texas. The Ashkelton Cemetery is estimated to be 3,000 years old and it served as a resting place for at least 1,200 people during a period of 200 years. Researchers say they thought the names seemed familiar, but they found no connection between the Philistines and today's Palestinians. Scientific evidence also indicates that the Philistines in the cemetery were completely destroyed by Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar in December of 604 BC. Despite these new findings, the riddle about the geographic origin of the Philistines remains unexplained. It is still unclear when exactly the people reached the Middle East. I babysat my 11-year-old niece last Friday night. I've watched her numerous times with no issue, but this Friday was different. My niece had just taken a bath and was in her room getting into her pajamas when she suddenly ran downstairs. When I asked what was up, she said she'd heard me knock on her bedroom door and wondered what I wanted. I told her that I hadn't knocked and that she must have misheard. I then told her to get the hairdryer out of her mom's room so I could dry her hair. A few minutes later, she came down with no hairdryer, claiming she couldn't open the door. I went up and had no problem opening the door and getting the hairdryer. I returned to dry her hair and told her to stop acting up. She'd recently had a few things taken away for misbehaving, so I thought she was acting out. I dried her hair, and it was a Friday, so I let her stay up a little later than usual to watch the end of a film. After the movie was over, I set my niece upstairs to bed and told her I'd soon be up with a drink. But she again came downstairs, this time saying she couldn't open her door. I was beginning to get annoyed, 
so I took her upstairs to show her that the door opened just fine. But when I got there, I couldn't push the handle down. It was as if someone was pushing it up or holding it steady. I don't normally believe in the paranormal, so I assumed my niece had done something to the handle, which she denied. Halfway through trying to figure out what was going on, I heard a noise from the door like someone had removed their weight. At this point, I was nervous, so I told my niece to go downstairs, unlock the front door, and stand near it with my phone. If I screamed, she was to run next door and call the police. I then opened her bedroom door, turned on the light, and looked inside. No one was there, and the window was shut. I then checked under the bed and in the wardrobe. Nothing. I went back downstairs and called my sister, but she wasn't worried. She said it was probably due to old doors and frames and that she'd be back by midnight. I took my niece up to bed and left the lamp on for her. About 20 minutes later, my niece came downstairs crying. Once I got her to calm down, she said the lamp had turned off and she felt a breeze on her face. I said it was nothing to worry about and that the lamp was probably broken, but she could stay up and wait for her mom. Just as I was heading up to get her duvet, a door slammed upstairs. I waited several minutes at the top of the stairs, scared and debating what to do, when I finally darted into my niece's room and grabbed the duvet. As I was shutting the door, her room lit up. It must have been the lamp as it wasn't too bright. I ran downstairs and said not to worry. An hour later, her door slammed again, though I was sure I had shut it earlier. When her mom returned and went upstairs, the light was off and the door open. My sister believes that my niece must have watched a horror movie and her fear set off my imagination but I can honestly say I didn't imagine a thing. Thanks for listening to this Weekend Archive episode of Weird Darkness. If you like what you hear and you want to hear even more, consider becoming a patron. I post patron-only content and bonus materials as well, including chapters of horror and paranormal books that I'm narrating into audiobooks as I record them. Become a patron by clicking the link in the show notes, or visit WeirdDarkness.com and click on Become a Patron. If you did like the episode, please share a link to this episode with a couple of your friends and leave a rating and review of the show in the podcast app that you're using right now. I might read your review here in the podcast. Stay up to date on everything I'm doing with my newsletter. It's The Marler Sheet. It's free and you can sign up for it right now at WeirdDarkness.com or look for the link in the show notes. Do you have a dark tale to tell? Share your story at WeirdDarkness.com and I might use it in a future episode. Find me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and more. I've got links to all of my social media at the top of the page at WeirdDarkness.com. I'm your creator and host, Darren Marlar. Thanks for joining me for this special Weekend Archives episode of Weird Darkness.
Hey, weirdos. So the folks at MyPillow, they said, hey, Darren, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? Well, I was skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow, right? But, well, what did I have to lose? So, you know, I'll tell you what I lost. I lost interrupted sleep. Yeah, no more folding the pillow in half, no more flat, lifeless pillows, no more using two pillows to get comfortable, which I've been doing for years. This really changed the way I sleep for the better. So, I'm letting you know. You need my pillow. Well, not my pillow, but you need a my pillow of your own. Why? Well, it stays cool all night long, so you're not waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. That was always so annoying to me. Uh, it also keeps its shape. You're not reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It also comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So, if you do try it and you decide it's just not for you, no big deal. You can return it. Now, if you do decide to keep it, check this out. It comes with a 10-year warranty. A 10-year warranty. Tell me your pillow has a 10-year warranty. I don't think it does, but my pillow does. And you can toss it right into your washer and dryer and it's like brand new again. Try doing that with your current pillow and see what happens. These are just a few of the reasons I really am loving my pillow. And right now, as a special welcome to the podcast and a special deal for you, my weirdo family, you can get two premium pillows, those are the good ones, two premium my pillows for one low price. Just go to MyPillow.com and enter the promo code WEIRD. That's MyPillow.com and then use the promo code WEIRD. Or you can call 800-945-7192. That's 800-945-7192 or visit MyPillow.com. Either way, just be sure to use that promo code WEIRD. <laughs> 